Hello and welcome to the Delco Skate Park Coalition podcast. The Delco Skate Park Coalition is a nonprofit organization of skate enthusiasts, parents, and disability rights advocates looking to build adaptive and inclusive skate parks in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Aaron Lopez, and we are the podcast that covers all things about skateboarding, skate parks, and not just skate parks, but ADA, accessible, adaptive all wheels, and inclusive skate parks in Delco and beyond. excited to be speaking with Luca Krumpetich. Luca is an adaptive skateboarder who carves transition, bowls, and mini ramp half pipes. Luca worked with the Midwest Skateboard Alliance to help advocate for new build skate parks in high need areas in the Minneapolis and St. Paul region. Luca, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much, Erin, for having me. Yeah, I'm really happy to be talking with you. And, you know, the question I kind of ask everybody um, when they come on the podcast is, where are you from? And when did you get your first skateboard? All right. So I'm currently from uh, the Minneapolis-St. Paul Twin Cities area. Uh, I I live in uh, Minneapolis. I am originally from a small town in uh, North Idaho, about 30 miles from the Canadian border called Bonner's Ferry. And I got my first skateboard when I was about 12 years old. It was just a basic popsicle shape, uh Marvel comic deck. You know, everybody in in my, you know, in grade school was uh getting boards and it was something I had always wanted to try and my parents finally uh let me get one. So yeah, were your parents at all concerned about you picking up skateboarding did they have any reservations about you know getting you that skateboard yeah um they they did but like a lot of the other activities that that i learned growing up uh, we were a big we were a big outdoorsy family and so i grew up also downhill skiing hiking rock climbing etc super outdoorsy stuff mm-hmm. so the the one um stipulation that my, my that was a, a make or break you know no questions asked was that I had to wear knee pads elbow pads and a helmet and you know of course no one else around me was doing that and I just it was just kind of one of those like well okay I guess I guess I have to <laughs> otherwise I'm not I'm not going to get to do this at all so. so for your parents, it was like you either gear up and wear all the safety stuff or don't skateboard at all. Yep. Okay. So what kind of skate terrain did you have access to when when you were growing up and you had just gotten that Marvel skateboard? Where where were you going with it? Primarily uh into the the in the small town um that, that I grew up outside of was where the um the nearest um any any kind of a skate park was or any kind of street um areas there um my my parents uh worked at a um at a a school um kind of a a uh, reform school 
for teens and young adults. And there was basketball courts there. And um, they would occasionally let me go there and skateboard while they were um, at work, but they had to let staff know and, and, and that kind of a thing. But but um, yeah, primarily, though, it was in town uh, going to the uh, the local fairgrounds where there was a covered slab that a bunch of uh, people who I ended up skating with later on built uh, just, you know, DIY ramps, a lot, you know, a lot of it's, it's, it, um, the, the town of Bonners Ferry was a big logging town and there were several mills. So, you know, people my age, you know, some of their parents worked at the mills and they had access to wood and, um, you know, they just would get together whatever they could and, you know, build build ramps out of out of scrap wood or whatever they could find. So um, were you trying to um, to learn any specific maneuvers? Was there a group of you that were trying to learn specific tricks? Were you just trying to absorb it all? Were you seeing things, you know, that other people were doing that inspired you? Yeah, I, I think I was just trying to kind of absorb it all and try to learn as many tricks as I could, you know, people were, you know, learning, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the well-known stuff, you know, uh, like kickflips and, you know, pop shevets and, um, you know, and then uh, ollieing onto, you know, to, to boxes and doing grinds and stuff. And I remember I saw a friend of mine do a, do an axle stall on this quarter pipe. And I was like, that's, that's cool. Like I, I got to learn how to do that. And it it took a while, um, but you know I think like anything you know being around other people who you know do the thing that you're you're into, um, you know you you just pick it up through just seeing watching other people you know do the the maneuvers and and then just just the you know the the, the hype too. Yeah, were there. Um friends that you had or, or people that were sort of in your life as you were, you know, learning, um, to skateboard that were, that were kind of, uh, helping you coaching you, um, were you pushing each other? Yeah. Um, there, there definitely were, um, uh, some of them, uh, who I I'm still in contact with, to this day, uh, actually, which is really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I would get pointers from from people. There was one one guy who, you know, so at, at this time, you know, I was, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and uh, this uh, guy started skating at the at the park, who was, you know, quite a bit uh, older, and um, you know, was doing a lot of um, Kind of more of like the old school Berlin slides and stuff and mm-hmm. you know more transition stuff and he gave me a lot of a lot of pointers and on you know how fast I should go to do a, a particular trick or and uh this friend of mine uh, his name is Rick and he it turns out he actually grew up in Indiana skated a bunch of DIY parks there and then moved to California in the 70s and skated Del Mar. Oh, that's a great place. 
Yeah, yeah, with a bunch of, you know, th- that generation of of skaters and you know had all kinds of stories and stuff and that's super cool so luca you like had a community of skaters that you that you grew up with that sound like they were a big part of how you grew and developed as a skateboarder yeah absolutely you know it was it was a a small but yeah but, but very tight community of of people who a little later on, um, we moved from the the covered slab that that I had mentioned into having an actual um, skate park, and you know it was um, another friend of mine who I'm still in contact with and 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 still skate with uh, when I'm back in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, him and his dad were uh, instrumental in in building the current um, park that's that's still there the, the the concrete portions of it anyway are are still there um that and that was uh well probably almost 23 24 years ago now tell me a little bit about was this the first skate park that that you went to so in terms of an of an like a, a you know a sanctioned if you will like a not just you know, a a bunch of ramps that people put together. And not to say that that isn't, you know, that that's not legitimate by any means. But the, the, the first, like, actual designated skate park that I went to was a park about 80 miles south of where, of uh, Bonners, where I grew up in uh, the city of Coeur d'Alene. And it had um, a mixture of metal and concrete ramps and um and ramps and and boxes and um you know a couple of little like launch ramps people had built and stuff um and that was a whole different you know a whole different scene there were there was a seven foot quarter pipe and i remember first time being there i watched this guy launch probably five or six feet out or at least you know i i could be exaggerating but a little bit but he was up (laughs) there for sure and just landed smooth um and it was like wow like you know it, it, it was kind of you know going to the like to the next like wow if you know if we had a park like this you know where i live maybe people would be doing this kind of stuff like yeah and that's not to say that you know that I mean, one of the things about skating that that I, you know, has no doubt been said before is that, like, a, a lot of times you just have to work with what you have, um, you know, and skate what what you have. And uh, the skaters in in my hometown, you know, we we didn't have a lot, even when the when you know the the newer park was built. You know, we still just had to kind of imp- improvise a lot, and um, you know, there were people ollieing trash cans, you know, stand standing up trash cans, and um, you know, uh, setting up just you know all all manner of things to to grind on and 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 slide, and just because it was like. 
well, that that's what we have to, you know, to to work with. So, you know, you got to Im- Im- improvise. And um, it's um, it's amazing, you know, to look at like I, I went down to Des Moines, Iowa, which from Minneapolis, where I'm from, is about a three and a half hour drive. I went there with some friends in 2021. And I met a couple of people who had just started skateboarding there and it was like wow like this is what these people are starting out with like you know and it really made me reflect on what I started out with and you know how it it really doesn't matter in some ways what you start out with you can still progress and learn in in some ways, I think starting out with less is good because it teaches you to, you have no choice but to kind of improvise and work with what you have. So, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, were, were there, or maybe what were some of the challenges that you faced um, as a skateboarder? Yeah, um, no, that's that's a, a really good question. Because, um, you know, I, I definitely faced some some challenges. Growing up in a in a town of there are 2,500 to 3,000 people with, you know, a high school of about 400 students total. I was one of the few people with any kind of vision impairment and really just didn't have a lot of confidence in, in myself as a result. And you know, tried to just, you know, just hide it as well, as much as I could, you know, at, at the skate park. Um, in school, I had teachers, they sitting with me reading things off the board and stuff. So it was kind of hard to like, you know, hide it there. But so at the skate park, you, you were trying to, you know, kind of cover up the, that you didn't have a lot of confidence. You know, tr- I, I, I tried to kind of you know, uh, I guess hide as, as much of the, you know, as much as I could, the fact that I had in any kind of vision impairment, but gotcha. that also, um, in, in, in a lot of ways proved not possible. Um, there were, uh, collisions for sure that were no doubt caused by, by me, you know, mis misjudging if somebody makes a quick turn in, you know, in a particular direction. Gotcha. You know, one of those where you're going one way and the other, one person's going the other way and you try to, you know, you end up going the same direction except you're, you know, flying around on, you know, you're, you're on a skateboard going fast. So the mm-hmm. at those kinds of speeds, my reaction time, um, you know, wasn't quite as fast as, you know, as other people. So, you know, I would, you know, run into people or or snake people and most people took it okay um there were some that that didn't and you know there were some you know some are you know some words exchanged and um you know and and arguments and it at the time i felt kind of bad about it I mean, obviously, you know, it's not fun slamming it, slamming right, into right. somebody. Right. It sounds like there are times in the skate park where it 
it was hard for you to judge visually where you were in space and be able to react to someone who was changing position very quickly. Yep. Yeah, you know, and and this this park was about I'm going to say like maybe 500 square feet. Not 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 very big at all. It, okay. it was small. I Yeah. I don't actually have the, you know, the exact numbers, but um um yeah, it it was small, so you know, in that space it, it was judging, okay, if I'm going to go take a run, okay, there's somebody up on the court. If I, are they dropping in? Are they not dropping in? You know, who's doing what? You know, because I, I can't really, like, I, I'm able to, to see people. And I'm able to, like, you know, like, see people's faces. But but looking at, you know, facial expressions. Or if somebody gave a thumbs up, I, I wasn't going to catch that at all. Okay. And so it, it caused some you know uh yeah like i said some some collisions and some you know difficulty you know in you know m- making smooth runs sometimes do you have um any connection with a community of other skateboarders who who also skate at skate parks and and have visual impairment i follow um dan mancina and Tommy, uh, I've, I've watched some of uh, Tommy Carroll's uh, videos for a long. So, so yeah, there. I, I, I don't know of anyone else um, in the adaptive skate world that I've met in, in person or that I skate with who has any kind of vision impairment. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, especially like growing up in a small town where I did, I didn't. It's like, well, I must be the only person out there skating like this. Like I like like I must just be it. Like, you know, and and even really up until about six or seven years ago, I kind of thought, like, oh, I must be the only or one of the only visually impaired skaters out there. And I'm a part of a, a couple different skateboarding um uh like groups on social media and i was reading the comment thread in this random post on this page with i don't know like you know a couple thousand members and this one guy said well you know believe it you know oh that looks unbelievable well i saw a blind person skating so i messaged this random person i said well hey who was this i'm like Three months later, he wrote me back and said, yeah, it's this guy named Tommy Carroll. So I went and watched his video and was like, wow, that's that's really cool. And then um, I have met a community here in um, the Twin Cities area of um, adaptive skaters who are um, all amputees. Mm-hmm. And um through them i've learned a, a a whole new you know framework and lingo of um ad- adaptive skating um but also then i then learned about um you know uh dan mancina and um a lot of these other adaptive skaters were who i'd never heard of who uh like specifically in in 
um, uh, Dan Mancina and Anthony Ferraro there, they have no vision at all. Um, and so they just, they use um, canes that are adapted to, you know, run along rough ground and mm-hmm. they're able to do amazing stuff. Tell me a little bit about about this ag- adaptive uh, skater community that you found just in terms of um, how 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 that has kind of influenced your outlook on skateboarding and, you know, and some of the people that you've connected with. I just randomly uh, was at this park in uh, 2015 and um this guy shows up at the at the park um with uh two prosthetic legs and jumps on a board well go you know hey wow that's that's cool and um and then one of his other friends shows up uh and so i you know met them both and just kind of you know talked to them you know in in passing and up and you know didn't you know didn't get any contact info or anything and then about a year later um so the the guy who the 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 second guy to show up who um who uh uses uh who has who skates with uh well he skates with and without prosthetics uh his name was dan and i met him again randomly about a year later at a different skate park and you know went up and actually you know and reintroduced myself and um, we've become really good good friends uh, since then, um, and um, he goes to all kinds of different um, a- adaptive contests. He he went to the um, the Do Tour. Uh, oh, that's in cool! In yeah, in in twenty twenty one, I believe it was, and he does he along with um, Park. Uh, riding he also does downhill boarding um he goes to a a couple of different spots around the country where you just get on a big you know a a big board outfitted for for downhill in you know you know a a, a ton of protective gear and face shield and (laughs) and just flies down down these roads um well a a road that that um mm-hmm. is they they block it off and and just for like a whole weekend and and that's what you know what they use it for it's just a big a big downhill board session no but that's that is so cool luca and because you've been skateboarding for a long time since you were a kid was there an aspect of your skateboarding that that changed or was really influenced by finding this adaptive skateboarding community? I think it, um, in, in finding this, this community, it, you know, it kind of reinforced the, the idea much, much like when I found out that there were other blind and visually impaired skaters, you know, out in the world, um, you know, it, it, kind of reinforce the hey like you know okay like i'm i'm not the only one out here doing this and i i kind of i, I have a love hate term with the word inspiration tell me tell me why because you know people are you know 
go, wow, you know, that's that's so amazing that that you you can do that. And that's kind of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's like, you know, it's amazing you can get on a skateboard, but also people have the idea that, wow, like, you know, I've and I've had actually um people at at skate parks say, like, to my face, like I could never get on a board if I were you. And, um, you know, if I were in your situation, like, I could never do that. And, you know, I've just kind of, you know, I like I said earlier, I didn't have, you know, a lot of confidence when I was younger. And now I just say, well, like, yeah, yeah, you could. You could and <laughs> I'll, I'll bet you would. Yeah, I hear you about that, that double-edged sword. Do you think that people sort of develop insight from talking to you about it when they when they present to you or um some of them do or yeah some yeah you know some do um some you know some just you know don't or or you know probably just kind of brush it off too maybe um going back to you know about having an an adaptive community of, yeah. of skaters it's provides an outlet to you know to kind of d- discuss you know when when you know uh, uh, otherwise you know fully able-bodied individuals will disregard what you have to say or or you know don't believe that you do this it's really good to have you know the adaptive community as uh you know a, a support system yeah absolutely ask you this in terms of of skate terrain because i i think your perspective on this is is so important i I think especially for you know newer construction skate parks where they're starting to look at design a little differently for a broader range of users what features help you sort of navigate a skate space for me specifically um contrast is a big part of skating you know knowing in 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 that knowing where the the transition starts so like the the newer park in my hometown it was concrete with so you have the white surface of the car you know gray surface of the concrete then we had black metal ramps so there was a clear contrast there um um you know, so when you go to a, you know, just a full-on, full concrete park that's all just grayscale, it can be really challenging to know where that transition starts. Or, gotcha. you know, like, um, if there's a park with, an outdoor park with, like, trees, you know, the, like, um, you know, the branches, you know, that are o- over the, the skating surface, you, then you've got, like, dappled, you know, sunlight. It just completely blots out like where the transition is and i just kind of have to like walk it or just you know to to just or just literally just kind of feel it out on my board mm-hmm. and adjust accordingly so it sounds like you know that that sort of the monotone kind of grayscale of an all concrete park doesn't offer you enough contrast to really have a sense of of the different terrain mm-hmm. are there things that that builders or designers have um, put into parks that create contrast that help you better understand that and visually be able to utilize the park yeah um 
there's uh the, one of the one of the, the largest parks in the country is in uh, Des Moines, and um, I, as I said earlier, went down there in 2021. That. Yeah, I've never been to that park, but I've heard about it. Um, yeah, it's it's very well well built, and one of the things that they did in um their particularly in their street course and snake run area is they um painted the um the flat and or parts of the transition uh different shades so there's a clear distinction between where the flat and where the transition is so it's easy to know okay like here's where i want to start to you know to pump up the up the the transition it it, it stands out really well you know who the designer was on that on that park for Des Moines? I don't offhand, um, but I did when I was down there. I happened to talk to one of the a, a community member who 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 was a, a skater, and he he didn't act. I, I don't think he actually built it, but he had a part in the design, and I. You know, so we talked a little bit about, you know, the, the park and, you know, about some of the features and why they were there. And yeah, and I just said, you know, I know you guys probably didn't mean to do this, but when you painted these areas, this really helped me out a lot. And, you know, he was kind of surprised, like, oh, wow, like, you know, we never would have even thought of that, but that's really cool. What's the name of that, of that part? It is um, Loritzen. Yeah skate park i'm i'm looking at it right now i have my other computer up and I'm oh like, yeah yeah looking at some photos of this yeah it looks like there's there's a great deal of of contrast um with how things are painted and it looks like the the that there are a lot of different bright colors mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so how often are you able to get down to um Lauriston skate park well, I, I went uh, for a few days with a couple friends in 2021. I'm hoping to get down there maybe again this spring or summer. So it's been, you know, it, it's been a little while. Um, it's a really big park. It is. Um, and, you know, one of the things I asked about was um, over in, in the far end, there's kind of, there's a beginner section and there's just a big open slab of 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 concrete there there's like three quarter pipes of different sizes and there's just a big open space with a curb in the middle and i just kind of asked like why you know why was it left just a big open spot you could have you know put in a lot of you know potentially a lot of features in there and they said because uh we wanted to have a, a, a big space to teach beginners and he said that um they had like weekly you know never been on a skateboard before beginner lessons and that the, the, the one that they had had most recently they had like 50 people wow. at and it was like oh yeah like if you're gonna be you know a beginner and you're gonna have you know that many people you, you need a lot of open you know just open flat space to practice so 
um, when we were growing up and where we were growing up, and I think for a lot of people where you are, having access to a clinic is probably, you know, like a beginner clinic like that is probably not something that's accessible. But to be able to offer that through a skate park like this one, which is so big, that's, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. It's it, it's really cool. I mean, I definitely, you know, I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I certainly had people who, you know, who I was able to, to learn from. Um, but nothing, you know, nothing like a, you know, a, 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 you know, a clinic where you can actually go and, you know, and, and get like real time, you know, feedback on what trick you're trying to learn. Is this the biggest skate park is Lauritsen? I think is it the, the distinction of being like one of the biggest skate parks in the country? Yes. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it does. And I, I think that's based on, um, the square footage. And they include the um, the promenade, I think is what they call it, that goes up to the like up to the street level. In that, I mean, it's gotcha. it's skatable terrain. You know, it's not what I would consider to be like you know part of the the, the park itself. But I mean, you know, hey, I you know. I, I guess I, I couldn't really blame them for taking some, you know, some liberties there. They put a lot of concrete there and yeah. It, yeah. That, that's great though. And that's nice that it's, um, you know, that it's driving distance, albeit pretty far, but driving distance for you to get there, which is, which is awesome. When, when my friends and I were down there a few years ago, we, you know, met people uh, from, uh, Chicago who'd driven up there and, uh, you know, from all over the, the Midwest. So when you think about, uh, you know, a park like Lauritsen and, um, some of the, the, the places you have skated in your, in your skate history, like what is now some of your kind of preferred skate terrain? Like if you had like a day off and you get your skateboard and go anywhere, like, yeah, I would say that it's transition uh, bowls. I've upped my my carve game in in the last five years or so, which has been really cool. That's still very much a you know a, a work in progress. So everything from you know from bowls to you know we'll skate like a you know a flat bank to do you know ollie to fakie, you know quarter pipes and half pipes. Um, I actually put a ramp in my backyard um, in this past fall. Um, oh, fun! Too, which has been cool. But <laughs> we have. We have about three, all, all, almost three feet of snow, maybe uh, maybe a little more on the ground right now. So that sort of puts a damper on that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, I put the ramp to to bed back in <laughs> no, November, and um, so we go to a couple of different um, indoor parks here in the Twin Cities. There's one called Third Lair. Um, uh, which is out in one of the suburbs, and it's it has every every kind of terrain, you know. Uh, from they have a big indoor bowl that goes from, I believe it's five and a half feet to to nine feet in the deep end, and um, you know, and then a big street course, and and then a, a kind of a, a more beginners area um, in the the back of the park. And so, you know, there's a little bit of everything for every every skill level. We go there. There's another one called Familia, 
And then there's a whole series of while there are these these private parks and there are plenty of outdoor parks, um, they're more or less all in the suburbs. And uh Des Moines has upped upped the game, uh, but uh Minneapolis and a lot of areas around the Midwest in general just haven't really caught on to, to the fact that, you know, skateboarding is a, a huge thing. And so what people have done is they've built um, private uh, bowls that, you know, are are uh, members only. You have to have a key or know someone who does to, to get in. And so, um, so I've they're not been... like super accessible. No, no, no. Th- 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 these are not um, not super accessible. Um, uh, but I've been fortunate enough to meet and 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 become good friends with um, some of the people who do have key have access to these places. And so that's another spot, another you know, yet another you know place that you can that I am able to go in the in the winter and uh, and you know and skate. So yeah. Probably the Twin City region isn't too unlike, you know, some of the areas out here where we are with the Delco Skate Park Coalition trying to work with communities to put in more skate parks. Um, have you been involved in, you know, working with your community um, out there at all and helping to get, you know, uh, public skate parks built, you know, where you where you, you do have a more accessible skate park space for, you know, especially people who are who are learning to skate or, you know, who don't have otherwise access. Yeah. So I was in, in the past, I was involved with, um, a, uh, group called, uh, the Midwest Skateboarding Alliance. It was just a, a group of skaters that, you know, were passionate about building accessible skate parks, um, in terms of, you know, having it in a central, having them in centralized locations where people could get to them easily, where they're not, you know, out in the, you know, you know, 15 miles away out, out in the burbs. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe you don't necessarily need to have a car to get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I was involved with, uh, with them from, I want to say about 2015 till maybe 2018 or so and was um was able to um you know provide feedback on you know okay you know on where where it would be good to you know to have what what kinds of accessible features would be you know good to have you know painting around the 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 tops of of, of the coping and at the bottoms of you know of the transition or having you know the different color schemes Oh, wow, that's um, awesome. on, okay. on flat through you know versus transition and so on yeah yeah um um and you know i was i was able to connect uh them with um some of the people uh from the pacific northwest who i grew up skating with um who are in graphic design and um uh, 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 other areas when you were active and advising the group, it sounds like you provided them 
with some really important information about design and builds that would make the park uh, more accessible to people with visual differences. Absolutely. Or, you know, I, I, I certainly tried. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at a space from, you know, a visual impairment perspective, you know, and there's things that, you know, say um, someone who uh, is an amputee who skates or who is a wheelchair user who skates, they they would you know, look at a park and, you know, come up with five different things that would make it more accessible that I wouldn't have even thought of. You know, again, like the adaptive community is is really awesome because you're able to learn and, you know, gain a, a completely di different perspective. Oh, I, I wouldn't have thought about, you know, making that corner a bit wider so that, you know, for instance, so, you know, a wheelchair user could, you know, carve it easier or yeah. something like that. And it sounds like what you're, what you're describing in terms of design features that Im improve the accessibility and um, the skate terrain uh, for you is, is really, we're talking about the same bowls and the same types of features that, you know, you'd have at any skate park. It's really just about um, adapting them so that the contrast is better. Yep. But it sounds like you know you're you're looking to skate some vert bowls when, when you're going to the skate park, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you know, or, or or skate you know more challenging um, terrain. Just you know, being able to adapt them when you know when I can. Um, like I um one of the the um private uh bowls that a friend of mine had a key to a while back uh, he actually asked the, the 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 lighting in it was really really flat and he asked the owner if hey you know could we put down some painter's tape and they said yeah sure you know go ahead oh and, yeah where did you guys end up putting it well right at the bottom of the the transition um at one at one end of it um where the lighting was just particularly flat and it was challenging to know where it started. Um, mm -hmm. it, it went from a, a, a four foot section down to like a two and a half foot section at the other end. And so the, the two foot section was where the lighting was super flat. And so if you, you know, you drop in on a four foot section and you're going pretty fast and there isn't a lot of war, you know, um, room to like warm up so you have to know where, where the transition starts mm -hmm. and so so yeah so I was able to throw down some some painters tape and <laughs> then you know then I could adjust according oh okay that's where the transition is at and you know so I gotta adjust my my body accordingly yeah these private spaces aren't as except aren't as accessible to everyone however it you know they, they do allow for making adaptions like i've i've asked at some of the, the the public indoor parks if i could do that and they said you know no sorry like you know i mean they, they were polite about it you asked some of these more these public indoor parks if you could you know lay out some contrasts like painter's tape or, or something like that so you could better uh be able to visualize the transition and and they shot you down yeah 
Yeah, um, they did, and and they explained the the reason why was because both of these public indoor parks had um, cedar as their riding surface, and putting down the painter's tape um, could like mess up the the surface if it gotcha. you know if it got ripped off or you know could potentially if it you know if it were to you know get you know torn off in a in a certain way it could you know cause somebody to you know to slip out and yeah. i you know so it's like you know no understood yeah with that but it 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 sounds like there would be a way to an indoor park when it's being designed let's say we were designing one now there's definitely a way for um you know coloration of the park you know just painting um, rather than painter's tape um, which can be fragile over time if you know you you walk over it or roll over it enough but a way to do that and so that a, a bowl where the light from an indoor space is not offering that contrast that you know the, the painting coloration could do that for you um yeah like uh, yeah absolutely um yeah you know that's you know something that i've definitely thought about um you know for when inevitably you know things have to be replaced because it's wood you know it's, it's talking <laughs> to talking to the you know the you know people who are putting it together and you know trying to maybe get you know, get some, you know, some kind of paint or some, some way to make the contrast, you know, stand, stand out, you know, on, on transitions and, you know, and other features. It's it's great to talk to you because you've, you've had a chance to skate these spaces. You've, um you've got this great experience and, you know, being able to skate different places and knowing what works best for you to be able to provide that contrast so you know where transition is within a park, um, you know, I think that when we think about like, you know, somebody um, who's who's younger, who is able to get to a park and, you know, maybe some younger skaters who are, are visually impaired, having those options, those, those features in a park that's already existing, how do you think that that sort of benefits communities? I, I think that um being able to adapt you know a, a park so that it opens up to yeah to to say younger skaters with vision impairments for instance um you know it provides the 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 space to you know to show you know the the greater community that oh like okay this person can actually like can can do this like wow like you know they're out you know they they can actually get out and 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 skate and uh progress um despite you know the fact that they have a vision impairment and you know again kind of i i touched on this earlier but like you know, there there are some people who I've talked to who, you know, find it amazing that I can get out of bed in the morning with, you know, with 
my vision, let alone get on a skateboard. What do you kind of say to that? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I've I've seen video of you skateboarding, Luca. I think I think he sent me a link, and and you know you've clearly got it. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, 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 thanks. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I think it's just you know over time. I mean, I um, I just well, I I stopped skating for a, a about a five year period. I I I wish I hadn't of now, but you know, on a on a kind of a related note, we were talking about earlier. Th there wasn't any any parks that were. A, you know, immediately accessible to me. Oh wow! Yeah. When I moved to the Twin Cities, um, I I will you know I I, I have you know a a few videos saved on my phone to, to be able to you know to show people. I mean, it's it's rare, but it does happen where people are like, really, like you know, you you can do that, even though you you know you have to hold a newspaper up to your nose to read it. And, you know, just to show people that. And then, you know, I, I think when, um, when people actually can actually, you know, see what, what's possible. And that gets back to your earlier question about providing, you know, when you have a park that's adaptive and people are able to, to progress using, you know, adaptive features like, you know, contrast or, you know, tactile, you know, services and so on. Um, and people just kind of go, you know, oh, wow, like, that's, you know, that's really cool. I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't think that that was, that was possible. And, you know, it, it kind of, you know, opens people's minds, you know, at least a little bit. Yeah, definitely. To, oh, like, okay, this person is actually, you know, capable. Attention listeners, this here is Joey P. If you want to support the mission of the Delco Skate Park Coalition, please check out our website at www.skatedelco.org. Thank you kindly. You know what are what are some of the what are some of the features that you you guys might have discussed that are that are you know important um, for when we're thinking about new design and new build skate parks. Um. So one that that again that um, you know, coming from my perspective, I wouldn't really have thought of um a a, a friend of mine who uh my friend Dan who I talked about earlier who uh is an, an adaptive skater he um he uses uh prosthetics and um one of the things he told me was that um having roll-ins are really helpful at parks because um dropping in can be kind of jarring um like you as some if if you're skating you know if he's skating on his his without his prosthetic so basically on his knees that process of leaning forward and dropping in he doesn't have the um you know the ability to kind of spring out of 
out of it. So being able to push off and roll in on something not only allows him to, to get more speed, but it you don't have that jarring effect of, of you know slamming down onto the on mm-hmm. onto the ramp. When uh you think about um someone like your friend Dan who might be able to drop into a bowl having a roll in is that um also a feature that might help him exit the bowl as well. Yeah. Um yeah potentially um uh for sure. Um yeah I, I, absolutely um at, you know it could be yeah and then um entry point as well as you know as, as exit because you know a, as it stands now it's either you know him hauling himself out out of a you know uh up, up onto a ramp or out out of a bowl or you know having someone at the park myself or others you know just he grabs one truck and you grab the other and you know literally you know pull them out and i mean it's all good but to have you know yeah like something where you know an adaptive skater can get them you know you know like roll themselves you know in in and out of a of of a park setting you know whatever that might be is super helpful um you know, an, another ones are like, you know, simple things like, like slappy curbs where you don't really have to necessarily, you know, be able to ollie, you know, two feet in the air to get onto a box, you know, mm-hmm. to, to like learn how to grind and, you know, or um, like ride on rails um, where it's, you know, it, it, it's an angled rail to the ground so you can go and from the you know by dropping in or rolling in you can just roll right onto it and you know do do a grind or you know learn new tricks um so you know some of them are things you know features that are already very much a part of the the skate environment that you know there could be more of yeah we're not just talking about huge changes to the overall terrain i mean these are all no features that are part of the skate park we're you're mm-hmm. really kind of talking about just more modest applications of the existing terrain yeah yeah absolutely because you have been involved and in, on the community level in in promoting the build of skate parks in areas that really need them in the twin cities you know why do you think it's important for communities to to invest in in building parks like you know with features you describe with the, some of these ADA features um that are accessible to to all members of the community that want to skate there because building you know these accessible parks allow anyone and everyone who who wants to be able to to ride a park um to be able to do so it's as simple as that. It it, yeah. it it allows people who who may have thought, well, this this just this isn't for me because you know because I'm not I'm I'm you know I can't access you know wh- whatever feature or you know I can't access the park. Um, there was a, a park here in one of the suburbs that until three four years ago had a big fence around it with 
um, about maybe uh, eight inches of, of clearance to squeeze your way through to get into it. Because um, it was, a, you know, for skateboards only. So they, they put in this massive fence. And that's just how it was for a long time. And then um, uh, I I don't know what exactly happened or or transpired um but to to have them take the fence down but they did and now it's a completely open space yeah um you know anyone could roll onto it in in any you know in however they they have whatever to, wheels you know, they have whatever wheels they have yeah exactly yeah. have you skated there like pre-fence and then after the fence was gone oh yeah how did it feel when the fence was finally gone sounds like it must have been a big improvement yeah you know i mean i guess at the time like i didn't really it was like oh like wow like the the fence is gone you know that's that's kind of cool i but yeah it, it kind of felt like you know like being <laughs> in a you know in a you know they you know a prison yard or something like you know when the fence was there like you're just kind of in this, you know, in yeah, in literally, you know, in inside the, the this big fence, and just yeah, just having it open, um, a, as it is now, um, yeah, it's just a lot. It's just like the park is it, it it's here. It's not an area where you have to okay, like you know, because uh, I you know I I have a like a bag that I carry all my gear like i and i i still skate with full full gear now mm -hmm. especially because i'm older and stuff too like oh luca i get you know, it like, <laughs> i totally you know. get it i just go outside my door and i definitely have the gear on we have to be we have to be <laughs> mindful of that yep and so like when the when the fence was there like i had to like you know push my board and the bag with my gear in it through first and then I went through and so you know that that actually brings up a whole you know whole other thing of like of access too like I could I could get to the park but I literally kind of had to be strategic about it like wow. I couldn't you know have my skate bag on my back and get through <laughs> through the you know the fence at the same time and now it's just a completely open space. So yeah, that sounds like it's it's much more accessible for you with that fence gone. Mm -hmm. How do you think that you know having access to a skate park, you know that that like the skate parks that you've been able to skate at, um, can change somebody's life? Or what would it have meant to twelve-year-old Luca <laughs> to have? Like like access to the skate parks where you're skating now. I I definitely could have progressed in in different ways. For instance, I didn't really have access to any kind of bowl skating at all. Um until the 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 maybe the, the early like 2000s like like the probably yeah probably the early 2000s um the park in uh port elaine idaho put in a little half 
hole. Um, you know, and I kind of learned how to carve it, but it wasn't, um, you know, it was all just, you know, quarter pipes, half pipes. There wasn't any, any corners really that I, that I learned how to skate really until, um, I started back up skating again here in Minnesota in 2013 and being able to watch people carve around corners and it was like whoa okay wow this is this is really cool if i'd had you know a park like you know like one 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 of the ones that i skate here i yeah i mean i i think i could have progressed you know like you know uh carving probably you know, um, would have been exposed to, you know, different, you know, different levels and different abilities of skating on mm -hmm. a, on a larger scale. Um, that kind of goes back to your question too, about, uh, you know, in some ways where you said it's almost, um, being able to adapt and, and use any of the, um, the materials around you. To, right exactly yeah, and you know yeah. i mean i definitely learned on what you know what i had in my hometown i i tried to use everything to the you know to the fullest advantage um regardless of the fact that you know it was it might not have been you know quote unquote professionally built but it was it was totally usable and skatable and that's what i learned on and i i don't regret that for a second um you know the the newer parks that are being built uh now allow people to progress i, I don't know if i want to say really faster but no there's definitely something to having having access to that terrain i think especially when you're younger you know yeah yeah, yeah. um like when I was uh, down in Des Moines a couple of years ago, I uh, was talking to this uh, kid who was about 15, and he had just learned how to drop in on their large bowl, and the shallow end, I think, is at least six and a half, probably, maybe seven feet. And he had just learned how to drop in on that, and it was like, I just thought like, wow, like, yeah, you know, I don't know that I even, you know, even though, so I started when I was 12, if I'd been skating for three years, I'm not sure if I would have had the confidence to drop in on something, you know, that big, Um, you know, after three years of skating when I was 15, let alone after skating for, I think this guy had been skating for like six months. And he was already <laughs> dropping in, and I was like, "Wow, if he wow. keeps this up, yep, you know, so that's where you know that's where having access to lots of different kinds of terrain and you know varying sizes of 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 terrain can just you know that's why we're you know but i I think a big part of why we've seen you know the you know, a 
a couple of my friends like had the, the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And I just, you know, remember thinking like, wow, you know, the stuff in that game and, you know, even the subsequent generations of that game, like people are doing them in real life now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because in large part, because of the, the, the amazing, like, well, you know, like professionally built parks um that are out there yeah um that you know that's where people are starting at and so you know i didn't ask you this but since you bring up tony hawk was is there any you know professional skater um either now or when you're growing up that that you kind of particularly looked up to in terms of of what they accomplished with you know style maneuvers tony hawk for sure was you know i i um you know, I'd been skating for about two years or so when he landed the the nine hundred, and that that was was you know was just a- amazing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm blanking on the person who did this, but th- there's uh, a video called Sight Unseen that was put out by Trans World in the early two thousands, and there was this scene and i don't remember who did it but this guy climbs up onto this um like a an awning over an entryway and just drops in on this roof and and like you know probably only has about you know i don't know six or seven feet to to roll and then just you know drops and and lands (laughs) this thing and breaks his you know breaks his board on the landing, but, you know, but, but makes it, and it was just like, wow, like, I mean, I, I, I never did anything <laughs> that ridiculous, but. I'm trying to remember what year that came out. I want to say, oh gosh, was like, it like late 90s, 2001, yeah. maybe, I, I, I. 2001. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, well, you know, I think that certainly one of the things that, um, that the videos kind of provided a lot of people that watched them, not, and not, not just videos like sight unseen, but a lot of the videos that came out like in the nineties, eighties, nineties, early 2000, back in the VHS years. Cause now it's so easy to upload video, but like back then right. it really did provide that visual of, of sort of like what was possible. Yeah. At, at- Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's a really interesting point, you know, about, you know, yeah, provide like like showing people like this. Yeah, th- th- this is possible. Like th- th- this thing that seems, you know, well, nobody could ever make that jump. Well, you know, all right, look, you know, somebody did. Um, there there is a park uh it's a big concrete bowl here in the in the suburbs uh of of minneapolis that was owned by a ymca and they have basically written it out of their contract because not very many people went and and skated it because they well for a number of reasons but they didn't really do a good job of promoting it so no one really 
you know, went there. Mm-hmm. And I've just talked with so many people about, you know, like, if, you know, community leaders or, you know, just could, and, and this really, I guess, applies to any skate park and, you know, provides, makes a case for building parks is like showing the people who have the, you know, the, the, the influence and, you know, ability to say, yeah, you know, let's build this to get, you know, to have, you know, people show up and, and say, and, you know, to watch like, Hey, like, you know, there's all these people of all different ages, you know, all different levels of, of skating are out here, you know, rolling around and, you know, somebody's got a grill over here and, you know, there's other, you know, you know, you know, whole families are, you know, are, you know, hanging out and, and then just, you know, to watch what people are doing on, doing on their boards. It's like, this is what this is. This is what, what people can do with a space like this. And so this, this big concrete park, it's, it's, it goes from like four and a half feet to like 13 feet in the deep end. And, um, you know, I've talked with so many people about, you know, if people could just, you know, being like community leaders, et cetera, could just see what was possible in this space, what people could do, you know, tricks, maneuvers in a space like this, or, you know, apply that to, you know, across the board for any park, like, to see what's what's possible here, what people are doing, how people are progressing. I I at least I, I would like to believe that that it would change the you know the hearts and the minds of you know the people who are still out there who go uh, skateboarders you know we don't you know we, we don't need that in our community. You know? oh. I, I very well said, Luca, and so online with what with what we're trying to do is yeah to to show what's possible. Mm-hmm. I cannot yeah. thank you enough for taking the time to talk with me today and sharing your perspective on on so many things. And I really learned a lot from talking with you. And and I'm so grateful to you. And, and I hope we get to talk again because it, it was really a good time learning about your history. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the the, the time to meet. I I, I really enjoyed uh, uh, talking with you and um, the, the the questions. And um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to you know to Delco Skate Park Coalition as well. Just, it's it's so awesome what you guys are doing, and and the fact that you're have a a focus on accessible parks that, that's what honestly what kind of blew my mind i was like well i <laughs> i i actually so i follow uh jeff emmett on instagram and yeah i just happened to scroll by this oh you know catch this interview on the delco skate park and podcast oh, that's and, so and, cool. and there's a lot of you know skate park pod or skateboard podcasts out there like oh like well I'll, you know cool I'll just I'll check this out I mean the the stuff that he has done for skateboarding in you know in in well particularly the rural areas of Montana but just you know the, the Pacific Northwest in general and mm-hmm. you know skateboarding as a whole is just just awesome and amazing and so 
that's he's that's, done some incredible work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah um but yeah um thank you again very much oh, for having welcome. me and 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 you know it, it's so great what what the Del what you and the then the delco skate park coalition is is doing i hope your model for building accessible parks from the ground up spreads far and wide because it, it's definitely needed Hey everyone, this is Jeff Amon. If you'd like to support the mission of the Delco Skate Park Coalition, go to their website at www.skatedelco.org.